Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is not narrow sectarianism, but the body of Christ. Through his messages in these life studies, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll-free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. In 2 Kings, the mighty prophet Elijah was taken up from the earth into the heavens in a whirlwind. At that moment... Elisha, who had been with Elijah, picked up his mantle, and the Spirit of God descended upon Elisha. This moment marked the transition from the ministry of Elijah to the ministry of Elisha. But is that all that was represented by this transfer? Actually, if we understand the clear types and symbols of the Old Testament, we can see that in reality, this story unveils the transition from the Old Testament to the new. Francis Ball has joined us as we pick up this interesting matter where the mantle was dropped by Elijah. He's taken up to the third heavens, Francis in a whirlwind, and this uh, younger one who had been with him, Elisha, picks up the mantle. And we see the really, in a sense, the spirit of Elijah coming upon him. But as we'll see in the program today, a lot more was transpiring here in the way of symbols and typology, wasn't it? Yes, it's quite interesting how these types in the Old Testament are so marvelous once you can see how they compare in the Old Testament and New Testament. It makes a marvelous history. Let's talk for a minute before we uh, really get into the program, uh, Francis, about what we've seen with Elijah and the kind of ministry that he represented. Of course, He's always associated with great miracles. He sealed up the heavens, then he opened up the heavens, then he called fire down from heaven. All these great things were done, you know, by God, by Jehovah, through this one, Elijah, who had the Spirit upon him in a way of power, didn't he? Yes, he did, definitely. He had power that's little known elsewhere in the Old Testament. But these signs are really signs. And what we really will see today is what followed Elijah. Right. Elisha. Right. His uh, co-worker, I would say, or mm-hmm. his understudy. Yeah, I thought of that word too, understudy. I think that uh, it's important. I hope our listeners can join us again on Monday for part two of this really examination of this transfer or transition between Elijah and Elisha. And when Witness Lee says these two terms, it's a little hard to follow the distinction there. They sound a lot alike and with his accent. So we want to emphasize it's Elijah and Elisha, Mm -hmm. right? As we saw, these uh, miracles performed by Elijah were really the kind of miracles that were 
demonstrations of the power and the awe of God and the sovereignty and how almighty he was. But when we get into the ministry that followed Elijah's, and that is the ministry of Elisha, we will see, particularly in our next program, the miracles are much different in nature. They're very intrinsic. They're related to life. They're related to uh, healing, not in a way of mighty power, but in the way of the healing property of life itself. And this is very important, isn't it, as we see how these two great figures of the Old Testament, what they represented in typology. Yes, because these are really two representatives, one representing the Old Testament, as you said, and the other representing the New Testament. And it's actually the difference between power exhibited in a man and the other one, the exhibition of life. Uh, Along that line, Francis, it's good, I think, to remind our listeners that it's clearly pointed out in the New Testament that John the Baptist, this one who is also a man of great power, who performed mighty and wonderful deeds, was really typified by Elijah. And John the Baptist, of course, his most significant contribution was that he really ushered in the real ministry, and that was the ministry of Christ that followed. Let's look at a little bit of these verses in 2 Kings chapter 2, because the story is interesting and it's significant as we use it as a backdrop for all we're going to touch in these next couple of programs. I've picked some verses between 2 Kings 2 verses 1 and 8. And when Jehovah was about to take up Elijah by a whirlwind into heaven, Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for Jehovah has sent me as far as Bethel. And Elisha said, As Jehovah lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Then the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that Jehovah will take away your master from over your head today? And he said, I too know it. Be silent. And Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, for Jehovah has sent me to Jericho. And he said, As Jehovah lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. And they came to Jericho. And Elijah said to him, Stay here, for Jehovah has sent me to the Jordan. And he said, As Jehovah lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on and stood by the Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and struck the water. And it parted to this side and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Marvelous. Yeah, it is marvelous, Francis. And the significance and what these verses typify is, is just tremendous. Here we see these two traveling together on this journey from Gilgal to Bethel, and then Bethel to Jericho, and ultimately mm-hmm. Jericho to Jordan. And this is all just prior to Elijah being taken up and dropping the mantle and Elisha picking it up. But it's what it represents that we really want to focus on today. All right, let's join Witness Lee, and then we'll come back. At the time when Jehovah was taken up Elijah by a whirlwind into heaven, Elijah took the way to lead Elijah to go, firstly, from Gilgal to Bethel. The second step, from Bethel to Jericho. The third step, from Jericho to the river Jordan. So here you have four places. Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, and Jordan. Okay, Elijah was a type of the Old Testament age. 
Elisa was a type of the New Testament age. How could this age be changed by few steps, by going through Gilgal to reach Basel, then from Basel to reach Jericho, then from Jericho to reach the river of Jordan. Gilgal, according to Joshua, chapter 5, was a place to deal with the flesh of God's people. The people of Israel who came out of Egypt, they brought children. In the wilderness, their children were never circumcised, indicating were never dealt with in their flesh. Now, under Joshua's leading, they crossed the river of Jordan, and they were prepared to take Jericho, to start the fighting for gaining the good land. But the first thing they should do is to deal with their flesh. So Gilgal, in typology, means the dealing of the flesh of God's people. Then from there, they went to Basel. Basel, according to Genesis 12, verse 8, firstly, was a place to give up the world and come to God, teaching God as everything. So, after your flesh being dealt with, you have to give up the world, and you have to turn to God absolutely. Francis, we have uh, four places here, four stops, and different stations, in a sense, on the journey that is being taken by Elijah, and uh, he is now leading his uh, young understudy, Elisha. And these stations are very significant because, as we've just seen, what's happening here in typology is the transition from the Old Covenant, the Old Testament dispensation or economy, to the New Covenant, the New Testament economy. And these stations are significant in what they typify. Let's talk about the first two, Gilgal and Bethel. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Gilgal was a place where they came, and after being through uh, the wilderness for those many years— Yet they had never practiced circumcision with the uh, male children. Right. So at this time, this was a time of dealing with that particular problem. It's a picture of dealing with the flesh. Right. If you're going to go on with the Lord, one of the first stops you'll make will be dealing with the flesh. Be it Gilgal. (laughs) Because our flesh is really an instrument used by the enemy. So God allows us and even... uh, provides for us to deal with the flesh. Mm -hmm. And that's the picture that we have here with Elijah bringing Elisha to Gilgal. Gilgal is that place, and that's our experience. When we follow the Lord, if we will go with him, he will take us to the place where our flesh will be dealt with, so will not be a hindrance to his dealing through us to gain others for his kingdom. So this was the place where the children of Israel practiced this God-ordained practice of circumcision. It was yes, at the place right. called Gilgal. So that represents in typology 
dealing with man's flesh. But uh, they went from now, Gilgal, I'm talking about Elijah and Elisha, went from Gilgal to Bethel. What about Bethel? Mm -hmm. Well, Bethel, of course, is the place where they give up the world, and they are absolute for God. This is a big turning point. Bethel actually means house of God. This means they're interested in God's interests. And so they're giving up the world, and they're taking God's interests to heart. And so this is a marvelous picture in our experience when it came to the place where I could identify this Mm -hmm. as my experience of giving up the world and taking Christ as all, taking God as my everything. This is a real experience of Bethel, and I believe many, many Christians go through this kind of experience. And if they haven't, they should recognize that this is in the pathway of our redemption. Of course, Bethel appears initially in Genesis chapter 12, one of the first significant stops in Jacob's life on his journey. And he had his first, I would say, very significant transaction with God at that spot, Mm -hmm. Uh, set up even an altar there. And he returns to Bethel later on in his life after he has progressed further in, you know, the spiritual uh, growth and maturity. And uh, always there, it was this matter of a complete consecration, as you said, giving up the world and really handing himself over to Jehovah. And so in typology, we have those experiences. We have those stops uh, ourselves. We particularly come through and pass through Bethel from time to time. Uh, So this is very interesting, isn't it, that this was the path that Elijah is leading Elisha on. They too continue now, and they go from Bethel to the next place, which is Jericho, and then ultimately on to the Jordan. Let's join Witness Lee, and we'll hear about these two stops remaining. Then from Bethel to Jericho, the city signifying the head of God's enemy. In the Golan, the first city that Joshua and the people of Israel had to defeat, to destroy, it was Jericho. So Jericho indicated the height of God's enemy, the Satan. After this, from Jericho, Elijah and Elisha, they went to Jordan. In the typology of the Bible, Jordan always signifies death. So, to baptize people, it began by baptizing people in Jordan, by putting people into death. If you are going to have the age changed from the Old Testament, you must deal with your flesh, give up the world, and turn to God. Then you must defeat, destroy Satan, the head of God's enemy. And also, you must pass through death. The Lord Jesus, with his disciples, in all those three and a half years, the Lord Jesus brought them from Gilgal, from the den of the flesh, to Bethel, to give up the world and tell everything to God, to defeat Satan. Then eventually, the Lord Jesus brought his disciples to Jordan to death. So, in those three and a half years, according to four Gospels, exactly 
But this way, the Lord dealt with, particularly Peter, dealt with his flesh and led him to give up the word, to tell everything to God, and also led Peter to destroy Satan. And eventually, Peter and the 120 were all led to Jordan. And there, they surely passed through the death. Then, after that, the day of Pentecost came. The mental spirit of Elijah came down. Francis, let me just summarize this quickly, and then you can help us with the significance of these things. The final two stops, of course, were Jericho. We know Jericho, a city, represents always the stronghold or the head of God's enemy, Satan. When the uh, children of Israel came in, this was the first place they encountered uh, the battle, right? And Jericho uh, and Joshua led the, you know, the, the warriors to Jericho, and they marched around the city. We know that story. So in typology, Jericho represents Satan. Then to the Jordan. And the Jordan was the place of baptism. John the Baptist was there baptizing. This signifies their death to our old man, our natural man, our natural constitution. All of this is very important, isn't it, if we're going to pass from the Old Testament into the New Testament economy. Yes, this is very important if we're going to make that transition. And if we don't make that transition, we may end up with certain kind of power like Elijah had. Right. But this does not bring in God's economy. And so we really have to realize that God's economy at this point turns to the New Testament economy, which is really typified by Elisha. When Joshua went into Jericho with the children of Israel, right. that was a defeat of Satan. And this is important in our experience as New Testament believers to realize that Satan is defeated. We have a victory over him. And in our spiritual life, we have to go through this experience of realizing that Satan has been defeated and we're on the victory side and his defeat comes with our praises to Jehovah as it did with the children of Israel. They marched around the city, not fighting and carrying arms and so on, but they were singing and praising. Right. And this is the way we enter into this victory over Satan. And then, of course, when we have that victory over Satan, then we have to experience the death waters of Jordan. Yeah. We have to go through the Jordan and that is a picture, actually, of our baptism when we separated from the old uh, kingdom into God's kingdom, when we're really one with him there. The death that has to be experienced is death to the old man, ourself, right. and all that we are by nature. This is uh, typified by going to Jordan. We really see uh, the New Testament fulfillment of this type, as he mentioned, with Peter. The way the Lord Jesus uh, dealt with Peter, the way he kind of moved him through these stations, very close parallel, isn't there? Yes, that's a marvelous thing. When you look at the earthly ministry of Christ with his disciples yeah. and how he led them, each one of these steps is brought out in the Gospels as you see how the Lord was training his disciples, and even leading them into these kind of experiences. Yeah, each one, he he, uh, he led them through the dealing with their flesh and then to have a transaction with God to give him everything, to give up the world and really follow him absolutely, and then dealing with the enemy and uh, many of their experiences where they encountered the demons, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but they were brought into that victory that you talked about, and ultimately they had to experience death. The Lord told them that uh, they would have to drink this cup themselves, and 
Uh, we see this result is the transition from the old economy to the new. And just as Elisha ultimately picked up the mantle and the spirit fell on him, yes. we see the same thing when after the Lord ascended ultimately in the 120, they're praying together and the spirit descended on them in, yes. the, in a similar way. Oh, this last segment, I think, is just kind of recap and summary of what we've been talking about. So let's go back to Witness Lee. According to typology, the typology is very, very useful to prove the things. From Elijah to Elijah, there was the reality of Pentecost. Elijah went to the heavens, leaving Elijah alone on earth. He tore his clothing into two. There he surely received the spirit of Elijah. But the same spirit at Elijah's time doing big miracles with Elijah, the same spirit just doing things graciously. If you are going to receive the mantle of Elijah, you have to tear your clothing. Whatever you do, whatever you have succeeded, don't try to them, tear them into pieces. You have to tear your clothing, then you can receive Elijah's mantle. And that is the power from on high. So Elijah's rapture was the termination of his type, typifying the Old Testament age in God's economy. Now, where are we? Where are the people who followed the Lord Jesus from Gilgal to Bethel, from Bethel to Jericho, from Jericho to Jordan? And this is the new age, the age of the New Testament of Christ who does and is still doing everything graciously. Francis, Elijah now is taken up in this whirlwind. He drops the mantle, and just moments before, he had taken this mantle and touched the waters of the Jordan, and they had parted. And there were some onlookers that had seen this miracle take place. So now he ascends. Elisha tears his clothes before he picks up the mantle. Then he picks up the mantle. The spirit of Elijah descends on him. He touches the water with the mantle. The same thing happens as happened for Elijah, meaning that this really was the same spirit. How about the significance of tearing of the clothing here? I think this must signify the destroying all the trust in the self. And the trust in miracles and the trust of the Old Testament way has to be torn away. We receive a new mantle, a mantle that takes us into a new realm. And that's what's illustrated and typified by Elisha. Mm-hmm. And we see that all through this age called the church age. If we will just tear our own ability aside, this is part of uh, experiencing the death. And then we have Elijah's mantle come on us, and then we get a double portion of the Spirit. We have the two spirits now as one. The Spirit of God and the Spirit of man become one spirit. Really so. And this is the New Testament way. 
to be in the Spirit in this way. Francis, um, a good application of these uh, Old Testament pictures once again. We see it time after time in this ministry, this life study ministry that uh, brings us the Word of God opened up in the way of life and how applicable these things are to us in our New Testament experience. We really are those who want to follow the Lord from Gilgal to Bethel to Jericho and ultimately through the Jordan that we could be once uh, transferred from the Old Testament covenant and Old Testament age into the New Testament reality. So you can ask about the life studies in printed volume that we are covering right now, the Book of Kings, both First and Second Kings in one volume. Our toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. For Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. If you'd like to read the works of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, just visit our website, ministrybooks.org. From there, you'll find over 600 complete titles available to read online free of charge. Witness Lee's ministry stood squarely on the shoulders of his mentor and co-worker, Watchman Nee as well as those of countless ministers of the New Testament throughout the ages. The riches contained in his life study of the Bible represent the top, the cream of his 70-plus years of ministry and range in topic from lessons for new believers to commentary and exposition on passages from every book of the Bible. But they all contain practical and deeper truths about the Christian life. Again, this wonderful online resource is available to you free of charge at ministrybooks.org. If you have questions or comments about this ministry or the program you heard today, email us radio at lsm.org or call us toll free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening today.